Welcome to the teaching ministry of Magnolia's First. To learn more, visit m1bc.org. There's an old joke that says, how can you tell if a politician is lying? And the answer is if his or her lips are moving. Uh, You've heard that. That's a little bit cynical. I happen to know some Christian politicians that I believe are very truthful, but it does illustrate uh, the lack of confidence that we have in many in political life. Uh, A story is told of a man named Fred Holloman, who at one time was the chaplain for the state senate in Kansas. And it is said that he opened one of the senate sessions in prayer that went like this. Omniscient Father, help us to know who is telling the truth. One side tells us one thing and the other just the opposite. If neither side is telling the truth, Father, we would like to know that. And if each side is telling half the truth, give us the wisdom to put the right halves together. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not sure uh, how that went over with the Senate uh, members, but I suspect there were some chuckles from the gallery the day he prayed that prayer. We're in the midst of a Christmas season series entitled Delivered, and we're pulling from John's gospel, and we're thinking back to the Apostle John, who wrote his gospel account more than 50 years after he walked with Jesus upon the earth that Jesus created. Fifty years he had spent pondering and remembering and processing and meditating upon the time that he had spent with God incarnate, Jesus Christ on planet earth. And in week one, we looked at God's gift of grace. Next week, we'll look at God's gift of love. And then the last A Sunday of the month, we'll look at God's gift of hope. But today, we're looking at God's gift of truth. Truth. A tragically scarce and elusive commodity in this morally ambiguous culture and time in which we live. Truth is scarce, not just in politics, but in advertising claims about products and services that don't turn out to be completely true. But sadly, truth is also scarce often in our relationships with other people. In 1991, world-famous author James Patterson, along with co-author Peter Kim, wrote a book entitled, The Day America Told the Truth. And in preparation for publication of that book, they did a survey of thousands of Americans and they absolutely assured anonymity and urged them to tell the truth as they answered the questions in the survey. And here's what their survey revealed back in 1991. 91% said that they lie regularly. 20% said that they could not get through one day without lying. 86% of teenagers lie to their parents. 69% of people lie to their spouses. Men lie more than women. Liberals lie more than conservatives. No shock there, right? 
We live in a world starved for truth in which people so often don't tell the truth. But Jesus is the truth. And in the 14th verse of that first chapter of John, we read these words from the New Living Translation. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, which literally from the Greek means grace and truth. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. As we think of truth today, our big idea for this this morning's message is in a world of confusion and deceit, Jesus is the truth. He is the truth. Jesus spoke the truth even when it was hard to hear. In the eighth chapter of John's gospel, verse 31, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Jesus was saying to those early followers and to us today, the proof of whether you are mine or not, Jesus said, was not, have you prayed the sinner's prayer? You've heard of the sinner's prayer, haven't you? We grew up with that as Baptists and evangelicals have talked about this certain prayer that you pray that, that helps you know you are a Christian. Jesus said that's not the proof. It's not whether or not you were baptized as an infant or a teenager or an adult Though every true follower of Christ should be baptized, that's not the the proof either. It's not that you are associated with this church or that denomination, though every Christ follower should be associated with a local New Testament church. But Jesus said the, the, the cardinal proof is if you remain faithful to my teachings. And when you live with faithfulness to my teaching, Jesus said, this will be the result. The next verse, verse 32, you're familiar with it. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We each need truth in our lives because where there is a lack of clarity regarding what is true, deception and uncertainty... This should be on the screen, folks. Deception and uncertainty will dominate one's life. You'll be confused. You'll you'll be disoriented when you don't know the truth. I remember when I was a, a boy, probably 10 to 12 years old, one of my hobbies was collecting butterflies was popular for kids to do back in those days. You would get the different uh, classifications of butterflies. You'd catch them and you'd mount them and put a little tag underneath what, you know, what they were, a, a tiger swallowtail or a monarch or this or that. And I really kind of got into it. It was fun. We lived uh, uh, near a big wooded area 
and I would either go out by myself some afternoons or I had a buddy that was into it as well. Uh, he happened to be the pastor's son. I tried not to hang out with him too much. But anyway, uh, we were into butterfly hunting, and I loved going out in the woods looking for this butterfly or that butterfly to add to my collection. And I remember one day I went out by myself one afternoon, and I was chasing some kind of butterfly I wanted, and I ran farther into the woods than I'd ever been before. It finally flew away. I didn't get it, and I looked around, and I had no idea where I was. I had no idea which was the way to go to get back home. And you know what? When you don't know where to go or what to do, people's opinions or ideas don't mean anything. You need the truth. And as I've reflected on that boy, I did find my way back home, by the way. But as I've reflected on that boyhood experience, I thought, what an analogy that is of people's lives today. There's so many people who are disoriented and they need to find the right path, but they don't know which way to go because they don't know the truth. And it's even more common in this pandemic season, is it not? We have so many different avenues of information coming at us. And early in the pandemic, we were told this is true. And now later on, people say, no, that that wasn't true. This is true. And we really don't know who or what to believe or who we can trust. It's a confusing time. But the time that Jesus' disciples lived in, when Jesus was walking on the earth, that was a confusing time too. His disciples didn't know really what to believe about Messiah. They'd heard so many different things growing up. People had all these different expectations and ideas about Messiah and what he would do when he came. And Jesus spoke to these disciples in their confusing time. And he said... John chapter 14, verse 1. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. He said to them, I know you're troubled. I know you're confused. I know you're not sure where to go or what to do or who to believe. I'm telling you, Jesus said, trust in me. I will tell you the truth. And he's saying that to us today. And Jesus is trustworthy because he has never told anyone something that was not completely true. While I was preparing this message in my study this week, and I was here in John chapter 14, asking God to show me how to unpack the truth of this great familiar passage. I received a call from the family of Janet Murray. Some of you have known Janet through the years, longtime member uh, here at Magnolia's First, and Cindy and I have been close to that family uh, for many, many years, married both of their daughters, and, and just she's been a sweet friend, but she had been in the hospital and was in intensive care with covid And I had talked and prayed with her over the phone 
uh, a couple of times, but the call came from a family member that said, Pastor, it looks like mom is not going to survive this. Could, could you call her one more time? And though she was very critically ill, she was still uh, lucid and, and could understand. And so I called and she could pick up the phone and finally was able to answer. And though I couldn't understand her words because she had on uh, breathing equipment, she could respond to me. And, and so uh, it was almost like the Lord spoke to me in an audible voice, but it was clearer than that. And the Lord said, these verses that you're working on, I want you to read these two verses to her. And so I read these words to Janet, and it turned out just hours before she went home to be with the Lord. And it was John 14, verses 2 and 3. Look, I read, there's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And it was only hours later that Jesus did exactly that. Listen, friends, when you're facing the possible end of your earthly journey... You don't need people's ideas or opinions or their thoughts about what is true about life and eternity. You need words of truth and assurance from the one who cannot lie. You need truth. Because money and position and acclaim and the acceptance of other people, those at that moment mean less than nothing you need the truth about what is ahead. And in verse 4, Jesus said, You know the way to where I'm going. But Thomas, the always brutally honest one, verse 5 said, No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? That's a good question, isn't it? He asked, how can we know the way? When you're staring down the end of the hallway, and at the end of that hallway is eternity, you don't need people's opinions or what the culture thinks or, or what uh, Aunt Matilda might think. You need the truth. And when we need to know the truth about life and eternity, there's only one reliable source. Here's what Jesus said back to Thomas. Jesus told him, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Except through me. I want to go back to John 1, 14 and read it again to you, this time from the New Century Version. Hear these words again. The Word became a human and lived among us. We saw his glory, the glory that belongs to the only Son of the Father, and he was full of grace and truth. Truth. 
Secular minds want to say that truth can be categorized into different areas. Some would say, well, there's scientific truth, and then there's mathematical truth, and then there's historical truth, and this religious, well, you really can't know if, if that's truth. And I say, no, that's completely wrong. Here's the truth. All truth is God's truth. All truth is God's truth, and God's truth was fully revealed in Jesus, and there is no truth apart from him. Whatever can be known, whatever can be verified as factual, whatever can be authenticated as real is God's truth because God created through Jesus all that there is. And whether that truth is discovered scientifically or medically or historically or archaeologically or whatever the, the discipline might be, whatever is discovered is, that is truth is God's truth. Whether the people who discover it know him or not, it is God's truth because this is his world. And so we think about how, how can we know truth? How can we discover truth? How can we validate truth? So I want to give you, uh, I like this, some true statements about truth. Some true statements about truth. The first two are, uh, are warnings. Here's the first one. It's a warning. The ideas, opinions, and emotions of people are not a reliable arbiter of truth. They're not. If you base your perception of truth on what people think, what the culture thinks, what the opinions are, it's like banking on the fashions of the day to remain the same forever. And they sure don't. You wonder about that? You could go back and look at a picture of me in the 70s in a lime green leisure suit and know that fashions change. Or go back and look at some of the hairdos in the 50s or 60s. Some of you ladies were around then. Your hair was like a balloon, you know. And I had hair back in the, in the 70s. You had shag carpet in your home. And I could go on and on. Those kind of fashion things change. And people's ideas of truth change. Here, here's another related warning. The number of people who accept something as truth does not make it any more or less true. Do you realize there was a time in human history when virtually everybody in the world except Christopher Columbus believed the world was flat? And they believed that you could sail a ship out to the horizon and eventually if you did, you'd drop off the edge because the earth was flat. They believed it. The whole world believed it. Here's a more tragic fact. There was a time in United States history when people believed it was morally acceptable to own other people. It was called slavery. And even some church people believed it was right, though I have no idea how they squared that with the Word of God. But it didn't matter how many people believed it was right. It led to the bloodiest war in U.S. history. It didn't matter how many people believed it was right. 
it was true. It was not true. No matter how many people believe something is true, makes no difference as to whether or not it is true. Here's another true statement about truth. You cannot know what is true apart from the one who is truth. You just can't. Uh, There are people who believe, well, this Jesus thing, that's just religion, but you learn truth and reality by human reason. No, 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 no. Jesus came to reveal truth. Jesus came to embody truth. He was and is the living truth. I like what uh, one of my pastor idols, Chuck Swindoll, said, and I quote, Jesus was in a category by himself. He never left a false impression. He never tried to appear as someone he wasn't. He was the personification of truth. Well, here's one more true statement about truth. The living truth has given us his written truth, the Bible. The living truth has given us his written truth. If you were to go to the campus of the University of Texas in Austin and go to one of the iconic locations on campus, the clock tower, you would find inscribed on the clock tower at the University of Texas a verse that I read earlier, John 8:32 from the King James Version. It says there on that building in the middle of UT campus, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. But sadly, the truth that that verse refers to is not taught at the University of Texas nor any other state school. The truth that that verse refers to is not a factual accuracy related to some academic discipline. The truth that that verse refers to is the truth of Jesus revealed in Holy Scripture. It is not academic discovery or discipline that will set you free. It is the truth of Jesus that gives freedom for life and eternity. He is the truth. And the Apostle Paul spoke of that written truth when he wrote to young Timothy, his pastoral protege, in 2 Timothy 3.16. Look at these familiar words. Paul said, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful, look, to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. Are you confused about what is real and what is true and what is right? The clarity, the truth comes into focus through the Holy Scripture. Here's what we learn about Scripture. The Scripture tells us the truth about the God who created you. There are many strange and weird ideas out there in world religions about God, about deity, about this or about that. If you want to know the true one and living God, he is revealed in Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. The Scripture tells us the truth about you, about yourself and your needs, 
about God's creation, about how you were formed within the womb of your mother, about how he knew every day before your life even began, how he had a plan for you about how your greatest need would be to be reconciled to the Father through faith in his Son. The Scripture tells us the truth about how to be reconciled to God. It's through Jesus. And the, the Scripture tells us the truth about why you're here and how you should live. That you're not here by accident. That you were not placed on planet Earth without purpose. That God had a plan for you, a mission for you to bring you fulfillment, but more than that, to bring him glory. And it tells you how to live out that plan, but you cannot find it apart from the truth of God revealed in Scripture. That's why you ought to be reading it and studying it and meditating upon it every day. The Scripture tells us the truth about what your eternal future will be. I don't know about you, but I would hate to get to the end of this life and not know what was next, wouldn't you? I've asked people in years past, are you a Christian? And sometimes their response was, well, I hope I am. Listen, you don't have to hope. You can know that you are a child of the living God through faith in his Son, and that when you come to that, that end point of earthly journey, as my sweet friend Janet Murray did this week, you can know. Listen, she didn't face death with fear. She told her family, I'm not afraid, because she knew who would welcome her home on the other side. The Scripture tells us the truth about what your eternal future will be. So in light of God's truth, I want to challenge you to take these two next steps. Number one, evaluate carefully whether or not Scripture has been your standard for determining what is right and true. I mean, we know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Have you really been acknowledging him in all your ways or just when your ways kind of go in the ditch and you need him to pull you out. Acknowledge him in all your ways. And if you do, he will direct your path. He will show you the truth. Number two, begin today to more fully trust in Jesus and his word to guide your heart and life into truth. The psalmist said, Lord, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We don't have to stumble in darkness. The word of God will light our path if we will turn on that light to our hearts. And we need his truth. And in a world of confusion and deceit, Jesus is the truth. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you that you did not leave us in this confused, ambiguous world without the truth. But when others are uncertain or mistaken 
are even living in error and deception, we can know the truth. You have given us your truth through your Son, and your Son has given us the living word to reveal his heart, to make clear his will in every life of those who follow him. May each of us find that truth each day of our lives. In the name of your Son, we pray. Amen. God bless you, everybody. Stay safe and dry out there.